Welcome to the podcast of New City Church. We hope this podcast inspires you on your journey of inward and outward transformation. Please join us on Sundays. You can find more information on our website, grownewcity.church. God bless you. I just want to reiterate something that maybe all of us need to hear today, is that God wants to cast you in her play. <laughs> God wants you in her play. By the way, for those of you new to New City, we often refer to God with female pronouns. Um, uh, one, because it's, it's biblical. There are about 13 verses in the Bible that have compared God to a woman or a female or a female role. Uh, 13 Bible verses, which by the way is more Bible verses than talk about homosexuality. And we, keep, and we keep talking about that. So we just feel like uh, it's and, and because of power analysis, you know, just because, um, because uh, we've talked about God as male for a long time, and that has allowed men to do a lot of things in church. And we think that there might be some, some really helpful things for all genders of people, including men, to, to relate to God as, as female every once in a while. Every once in a while. So, God wants you in her play. There is a production going on worldwide all over the place of people coordinated movements towards liberation, voices speaking out towards freedom. There is a play going on and God wants you to have your role in it. By the way, this is um, a picture from Alvin Ailey. Do any of you know Alvin Ailey? He's one of the, I mean, truly one of the best um, contributions to dance and choreography uh, that has existed in American history, and, and he's uh, a black gay choreographer. Um, so his, his dance company is uh, world-renowned, and, and the ways that Alvin Ailey creates stage pictures where everyone is coordinating together and they practice so it's a very like geometric choreography style. So like all of the arms and the angles of all of the joints are perfect together. And I just think about how God is calling us to be coordinated together, to not just be these lone wolf activists, God bless you lone wolf activists, but to be a movement together of people who believe that a better world is possible, but that world doesn't start until we start with ourselves. And we have, to, we have to do some inner work as we're moving out. We have to do both. Um, God wants to cast you in her play. And I, and I imagine that there are some disciples who were on that boat on that stormy day who were like, I really wish I wasn't cast in God's play. <laughs> like, shoot, this is what following Jesus is like? Dang, I thought it would be like snacks and story time. And like, now there's this, like, and it seems like God doesn't even care that we're drowning. It seems like I signed up for God's thing, but sometimes I don't always feel the kickback of the benefit of being in God's movement. Sometimes I feel like uh, God doesn't even care about me, and I tried to sign up to care about God. Sometimes it can feel really unfair um, to be cast in God's play, and that's because in God's play, there is something I like to call reverse theater going on. It's reverse theater in God's play because what we find out whenever we're following God is that we've been playing a part all along. And when we start to be in God's play, that is when we discover who we really are. In a play, there is an actor who is himself and then taking on a new role. But in God's play, we discover that we've been taking on roles our whole life. 
and we set that down to become who we really are in God. That's what it means to sign up for God's play. That is what it means to join the movement, not to mold yourself or to become less authentic, but to actually become the most authentic version of yourself. We live in an era that is in an identity crisis. Everyone is talking about, I need to discover myself. I need to spend time with myself. I need to take time apart to be able to discover myself. And what we're saying as Christians is, like, do take time apart, but know that you're never really alone. Take time apart, but do it so that you're listening to the still, quiet voice of God in your life. Take time apart to reconnect. Take time apart to connect. That's what it means to be a Christian, to take time apart to connect and then to realize that you are part of a movement, of a play, of a dance of God's people transforming the world. And it's alarming when, when you do some of this uh, spiritual work because all of these things that you've been relying on your whole life suddenly are things that you set down or you hold differently. If I'm not a people pleaser, then who am I? If I'm not a rebel raging against something, then who am I? If I'm not a wallflower, if I can't disappear in the crowd, then who am I? And if I'm not a parent, then who am I? If I'm not a friend, if I'm not an a engineer or a, or a pastor or an actor, then who am I? Uh, these are all identities that God is calling you to hold, but not to prioritize, right? Like there is, there's, we, we step into all of these roles, but they will never be the ultimate role. And our ultimate role is that we are children of God. And once we discover that, everything else changes. Once we discover our true belovedness, not just the concept and the words, but in our body, everything changes. And all the ways that you show up to your work and your family and your life transforms in love. That's what we're here to do. That's what we're here to figure out. Uh, you know, I was uh, at this Enneagram training uh, this past week at, in California, in Silicon Valley, right? And so in many ways, like going into uh, the heart of the empire. <laughs> like, there's Facebook, there's Google, hello, and or the, the heartbeat of innovation in our country. You know, like, however this seven wants to reframe it. <laughs> like, the, it's like, you know, one or the other. And, um, and I was, so I was in this training. It, it was really, really interesting because I was in this training with people who, like, backpacked there on their last dollar to be part of this training. And I was in this training with people who were, like, life coaches, spiritual directors, pastors. And then I was also in this training with people who did, like, leadership development for Google. Like, people who designed the leadership development for the vice presidents and presidents of Google, of, like, the departments of Google. Um, and, and the people who were, like, worked for Dropbox, where I, I'd, like, cut a rug with them. And, and, uh, and people who were, I don't, it just, is that still a thing that people say? I literally danced on the floor with, with someone who does leadership development at Dropbox. She's really amazing. So um, <laughs> the point is that there was a, <laughs> the point is that um, I was talking to these people and they're like, um, you know, from all these walks of life. And they're like, you know, Tyler, I spent my whole life striving and climbing a ladder and succeeding and figuring out how to get my stuff in a pile and, and I read every book and I did every training and now I've climbed my way to where I am. 
and I realized that I can't get any further without spirituality. The, the people who do leadership development in Google and Dropbox, in many regards, like the 1% of the 1% of global privilege and power, who are able to influence the apps that we will be using every day for the next 10 years, said, I don't know how to get any further without spirituality. I've tried this game on my own. I've tried doing my own thing and I'm tired of not being connected to something bigger than me. I'm tired of feeling like I'm alone in the ocean on a boat. And, the, and whenever storms come, it's just me at the sails. I'm tired of, of being part of this storm without being able to find stillness in something that is beyond me. Because the more self-reflection I do, the more I realize that I've got problems. I've got issues that are more than what I can handle. I've got relationships that are crumbling apart. And I live in a society that I recognize less and less every day. And I need to be part of something that is bigger than me. And it was interesting to be, uh, to be in this conversation as a pastor because on one side, all of these folks were um, testifying to how important spirituality was. And on the other side, there were these folks who have been so harmed by the church and or bored by the church that they just didn't want anything to do with it. And so I was like, you know, like New City Church is in a, a gospel living class right now where we we're, we made workbooks to teach people how to pray, to do spiritual exercises. Like if you want to talk about that, I would be happy to talk about that. And it was so interesting because they were like, like two of them in particular, I'm thinking, are like, are you going to proselytize me? And I'm like, what does that word mean to you? <laughs> and they're like, are you going to force me into a box that I don't want to be in? Are you going to coerce me to be something that I don't want to be? Are you going to trick me? Are you going to teach me? Oh, wow. Um, the, one of the, the folks said, um, I grew up learning that religion is what you don't do. I grew up learning that religion is what you don't do. Are you just going to bring me back to that? And I said, um, uh, no. <laughs> I, that's, uh, as it turns out, we have a community of people who are in a lot of different places in their faith. We have folks who have identified as Christian their whole life, had followed Jesus faithfully, and have uh, become disappointed in the church communities that they are so in love with. And we have folks who are uh, explicitly agnostic and atheist who are part of this because maybe they're, yeah, I, I can't put words in their mouth really, like they're, who are part of this because they want to be part of something that is bigger than them. And this is one of the ways to connect in that. And they believe in the human spirit perhaps. Um, and I'm, uh, as a pastor, I'm responsible for the spiritual development of each one of you. And, and that's why we created the curriculum that we did. Tori has been doing an amazing job with that. Ultimately, what we're trying to get at is, is kind of a narrative arc of what is happening with you and God, uh, what happens between you and God. So, um, so first off is establishing that we're born as whole children of God together. So originally, I just had one hexagon as one whole person, but we were never born in isolation. We were always born in connection, and we were born in connection whole, as whole people, as children of God. Uh, and, and honestly, like some of you will take, spend the rest of your life learning this, 
um, because of some hurt that you've experienced in your life, that there is a, a part of you that is still resourced and whole. There is a part of you that, uh, that the empire couldn't break yet. Um, and rediscovering that as, as part of your journey. Um, we were born whole, but that doesn't mean that we stayed whole. Uh, the empire pulls us apart and weaponizes us against each other, leveraging fear and shame, leveraging uh, supremacy and hatred, leveraging oppression and callousness and um, um, apathy. You know, I, in, this, in the beginning of this service, when I was talking about like 13,000 people died from homelessness in 2017, all of a sudden, I was like, wait a second, this is not a statistic. Like 17,000 people died in the most affluent country in the world. That is unacceptable. And, and the, the, this step is about recognizing the parts that we can't abide with anymore, the things that we're not OK with anymore, and, and, and naming the brokenness because if you can't name the brokenness, then we'll never be able to put it back together. We have to put language and ideas and construction into, into the deconstruction of the empire. I call out homelessness. And then lastly, uh, God's grace repairs us. This is one of the biggest differences between me and the like life coach at uh, Love Your Life Coaches. I know that some people are watching this, this live stream. So. <laughs> life coaches are great. And one of the main differences that I have between some of the life coaches and, and me is that I believe that God's grace can put us together a lot better than we can pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps. And, and I, I believe that when we open us, ourselves up for healing, there is a type of restoration that can come that is from beyond us. And that's important because when we believe that our healing comes from beyond us, when we experience it, we know that we have to pass it on. If we were responsible for our own healing, it would breed uh, uh, arrogance and, and pride. And uh, not the fun, glittery kind of pride, but like the, <laughs> the like self-destructive, humanity-destroying kind of pride that says that, um, that, that, says that I, I saved myself, so that means that you have to save yourself, right? Um, every, uh, each, each, each person for their own. And God is saying, uh, if you let grace repair you, you can't not pass it on. If you let something so amazing come into your life, you talk about it and you share it and you create space for people so that they can experience that grace as well. And I, you know, we're doing this spiritual practices uh, gospel living thing where we're talking about prayer. Uh, and and uh, ultimately, prayer is pointing us towards this concept of shalom. In Greek, it's erene. Um, and the most fund it gets translated to peace, but the most fundamental definition of shalom is completeness or wholeness. So in, jo in the book of Joshua, God says, I need you to find a stone that is shalom to build an altar. I need you to find a whole stone that is an altar. And what we believe as people of faith is that God wants you to be shalom. God wants you to experience shalom, to experience the wholeness, for all the broken pieces of you to come back together again. And, um, and uh, the way that we do that is through prayer. Uh, in Ephesians 2, 4, 14, it says, Christ is our peace. And that means that Christ is our wholeness. Christ is our completeness. I'm, I'm not lacking anything when I am experiencing Christ. Um, and, we, and we do that through prayer. And so when you pray, you breathe in a new reality. 
When you pray, it's not just about saying pretty words. It's not just about uh, uh, remembering um, some words that you were taught as a kid. It's about breathing in a new reality where you might be whole and where you can be in relationship with a God who is striving to make you whole. You know, I just think about um, those disciples on that boat and how they were experiencing all of these storms. And it was the storms that caused them to talk to Jesus. It was the storms that changed their mind to say, I actually realized that I need some help. It was the storms that brought them in conversation with the Savior. And, and then Jesus woke up. Jesus is already woke, folks. Like, we already know that Jesus was aware of this, right? Like, he was like, oh, okay. Like, I'm just going to let the, right? Like, the, he already was aware. But it is the storm that brought them to God. And then they're like, Jesus, do you care about me? And he's like, whoop, I do. Do you believe that I care about you? <laughs> and uh, and that's, how, that's how God makes us whole, by showing us not that, um, that God is going to just like pamper us and swaddle us and give us a little pacifier anytime before anything bad happens, but rather that Jesus is going to show us that there is a way through even the hard times, that if you're feeling pain in your life, that doesn't mean that things are going wrong. It means that things are leaning you in to the God who is just waiting for you to talk to God. Uh, we, uh, we believe that in prayer we have access to that. Um, yes, so just briefly, I'm just going to, so part of my training with the Enneagram was also going into somatics. Are any of you like into that world at all? So somatics is like about your, the experience of your body. And, um, and I really thought it was relevant to the conversation about prayer because one of the lines from the training was, insight alone does not create transformation. Insight alone does not create transformation. That means that like, no matter how much you cognitively agree, like, oh yeah, God loves me, cool. Like, if that, is not, if that doesn't seep into your body, then it'll never change who you are. Um, and, and there are people who have been going to church their whole lives who have only been listening from the neck up. <laughs> and and, and we've got to create a new era of Christianity that's remembering who we are, all of ourselves. Um, so, we, so we talked about breath. And just to like speed through this for the geeks among you, so we talked about breath and how when you take a really deep breath, I mean a really deep breath, it stimulates something called the vagus nerve. Um, and so this is what the vagus nerve looks like. The vagus nerve is responsible for like a trillion different things, but it, uh, of one of the things that it's responsible for is your heartbeat. So when you stimulate the vagus nerve, it slows down your heartbeat. It's, it's, the, it's the peace nerve. It's the shalom nerve for your body. Uh, so, so as I was in this training, I was like, oh my gosh, this isn't a vagus nerve. This is a be still button. <laughs> this is like, and you can press it right now if you're taking a really deep breath, but not just like a forward and front breath, but like think of like in and down. Like it's like, like deep diaphragmatic breath. That's your be still button. God put it there in your body so that you might uh, know what stillness and peace looks like even when there is a storm 
raging. Um, and, and I think it's great because, um, you know, vagus is just the Western name that we created for it. It's a, it's a Latin name. Um, but it comes from the same Latin root as vagabond, and it means wanderer. And I think that's, an, that's a really good name because whenever you feel like you're out at sea, whenever you feel like you're out wandering away from yourself, you can always find a god of stillness in your breath. There is always a God who is saying, welcome home, wanderer. Wholeness and completeness is awaiting you. Breathe into me so that we might breathe justice into the world. Amen.